you're listening to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki and Thea Pichel. Hello and welcome to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast. Kimberly will be joining us shortly. Today we're going to be talking about Aparigraha. Aparigraha. So I think one of the biggest mistakes people make about Aparigraha is they think it means like they don't have to be responsible. <laughs> They're like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, no a grasping attachment. I um, have to go to work, Aparigraha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because people think of Aparigraha as detachment, but it's not detachment. It doesn't mean don't care about anything. The pu- purpose of Aparigraha is understanding that everything is temporary. Like if going back to brahmacharya, we're sensory beings, right? And we do create external sensation. Um, but if we're constantly looking for that external sensation, that external validation, we're gonna be disappointed because as the Buddha said, life is suffering. <laughs> you know. There you go. <laughs> I think that it it makes sense to to want you know, to want things to go your way. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, having the ability to not be so rigid about when things don't go your way is something that all of us can benefit from, right? Yeah. To to be able to, to let go, you know, and we talk about letting go a lot in a lot of yoga people talk about just let go, you know, and I don't mean in that terms, but there are some things where, like, um, my ability to forgive or to let go of something that has been harming me, but that I personally have to be able to find a source of, of healing within myself to let it go, it can't come from an outside person place yeah. thing, even though that might have harmed me like there's something inside of me that I am in control of where I need to be able to start that process of of letting go and non-attachment and and to you know not hold on so tight to the things that have hurt me you know <laughs> and I think that that has been really beneficial to me um, that idea in my healing and in my practice and in my teaching um, because a lot of bad things happen you know and a lot of things are not in our control and you know if if I have to blame myself for every bad thing that's happened to me I'm gonna live very wounded and and very very hurt and hurt people hurt people you know (laughs) so personally being able to find, you know, the non-attachment to finding a way to understand, you know, certain situations and what my part is and how I can heal and grow is part of me letting go and having that non-attachment to the result of what's going on in my life. And Mm -hmm. it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah, and it's also everything passes. Yeah. Everything moves on. Um, 
It changes. And sometimes people think a parigraha is about being apathetic, mm-hmm. you know, like not caring about anything. But that's that's not what it's about. Yeah. It's I mean, basically, you know, graha means to grab. Pari means all sides, so grab on all sides. And you can probably think of times when you've grabbed on all sides something, whether it's a past hurt, whether it's a vehicle, a relationship. Um, a type of yoga that you A type of yoga. Or practice or a pose that you Yeah, you and just holding on to it um, and not recognizing that everything is temporary. Our life is temporary. Our sensations, even though we're sensory beings who crave sensation, all sensations are temporary too. Mm-hmm. And that's part of, I think, the cool thing about being alive is because sensations are temporary, our things are temporary, we have a lot of fluctuation. We have a lot of life experience, life th- things in life we get to experience. Because if everything was always sweet, then there wouldn't, it wouldn't be. You know what I mean? If you never tasted sour, you wouldn't know how good sweet is. Yeah. Or, you know, if you like sour, you know, not everything can be sour. You know, not everything's sour. Um, You know, but without sour, like without sweet, you wouldn't know sour so good. You know? um, Yeah. If you were happy all the time, then... And, you know, I, I want to specify because we'll be talking about, you know, contentment, santosha coming up in a few weeks. But happiness is fleeting. Contentment is something that we can maintain. But happiness is, is joy, which is, is a very spontaneous emotion, you know, and it's, it's elicited in certain situations. It doesn't mean we can't have a good life. But if we're constantly, think about all the people you know that are seeking happiness. Oftentimes, they might not even notice when they actually are happy because they're looking for this elusive uh, thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like, you know, why mindfulness is such an important part of our practice too, is like being present in this moment, you know? Because if we're outside and constantly looking for the next X, Y, Z or whatever sensation that we really are craving and we can't, you know, hold on to it for as long as we want, it creates a lot of suffering in ourselves, right? So if we're looking at situations and our practice and our teaching as things that, you know, are evolving and changing and fluid because they are, you know, it's not a rigid thing for most of us to just do one thing over and over again. Maybe some of the stuff is obviously the same, but still, on each day, people's bodies are different. The person mm-hmm. that comes to your class is going to be different. The the idea that you had may be somebody checking in. You know, if you had a backbending class and somebody says, I have, everybody says that they have low back problems, maybe you're changing your class, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be able to let go of that. Even though you're like, oh my God, I had this great class and then everyone said that they, and I couldn't do it, you know, and then yeah. you feel bad. But it's like, you could do it later, you know, it, there's going to be another time, another opportunity, but like your students need something from you and it's not necessarily just what you want to teach, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be how to serve the people that are in front of you who, who need your guidance, you know, and letting go of 
what we, because especially as a new teacher, I just remember like envisioning it one way and then it being absolutely not that way at all. Like <laughs> nothing, nothing like how I envisioned it was going on in front of me, especially kids yoga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, ultimately it's about being process over product. You know, um, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna said, let your concern be with action alone and never with the fruits of action. Do not let the results of your action be your motive and do not be attached to inaction. So, you know, if we're looking just for the fruits of our actions, we're going to often be disappointed because sometimes, like Kimberly was saying, we can't nail that pose or people aren't able to do the class that we had decided that we wanted to teach because things happen, Mm. you know, or even, you know, and I think that this is true. Like a lot of times people are searching for that yoga high. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if someone doesn't realize that there's fluctuations, when that yoga high doesn't come, when they don't feel like a thousand times better, then all of a sudden they might feel, yeah. And they might feel like, oh my God, like this sucks. I can't do yoga anymore because I don't, and it's like, that's kind of missing the point, <laughs> you know, because as humans, we have fluctuation. We're in different mind spaces. We're in different physical shapes. We're in different health states. And, you know, all of that has an impact on our movement. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever had a cold, it might feel like it lasts forever, but consciously, you know, that it's temporary. Just like, you know, if you're doing something really fun, at the end, it's temporary. And if you get to the point where you were just so about having fun, and when you had fun, you were thinking about how we weren't going to have fun after you had fun, <laughs> you missed the you missed the fun, right? Yeah, because you're not having fun because you're worried it's gone. Yeah. So it's really about being present and being mindful in the situation that you're in presently, because all relationships uh, cease. Um, our living being ceases. Uh, every sensory experience we have will cease once we're done performing that task or that, um, that activity. So by holding on to it, we bring our own suffering, you know, and then uh, the Four Noble Truths by the Buddha, the first one is life is suffering. The second one is life is, co- is co- I mean, suffering is caused by attachment. The third one is release attachment, release suffering. And the fourth one is follow the eightfold path, which is very similar to the eight uh, limb path. Uh, but, you know, here's these two two different um, faiths, right? Because if we're talking about Buddhism versus Hinduism, but even in Christianity and even in the Old Testament and like Judaism, there's there's this focus on contentment. There's this focus on not being a slave to your sensations. Um, So it's something that's a universal truth, I would say, and it's probably been taught in philosophical circles as well, um, in more atheistic practices or places, Um, because it's just something that I think is a universal truth, that if you expect something to be constant, when it ends, it makes you sad. It doesn't mean you can't be sad, it's just, you know, acknowledging, okay, even this mo- emotion of sadness will pass. Yeah. And, and we can't, all the emotions that arise within us, like, 
you can't control them as mm -hmm. much as you want to you know no. like you may feel really angry that's something that you know was so wonderful is, is done or you may grieve it or you may like there's so we're so complex as human beings that you know you can never say that it's just one way for everyone and yeah. so you know as you go through the process that's why so many people think you know non-attachment is just i don't care you know yeah but it, it doesn't mean that <laughs> it means you grieve <laughs> well if something sad happens you grieve you acknowledge that you're grieving and you realize that it's going to be temporary that the feeling will pass you know and that the understanding of like that things are temporary is is very interesting to teach to children too because like for example when you're teaching when i'm teaching a, a children's yoga class and we're doing maybe like a song like a yoga song it'll be especially for like somebody who's three years old two years old four years old and once that song is over like you could see that immense amount of joy throughout the song and then when the song is over like it's either a, a scream of like again 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 like they want to do it again because it feels so good you know mm -hmm. or like the sadness if if we can't do it again the sadness of the fact that we can't do that action again but then once we move on to something else like it's very quick the the turnaround you know and mm -hmm. i feel like adults could use that ability to kind of you know move on you know a lot of times we get into the point where we're just kind of and there are some kids too that will just continue to think about that and that i would have to address and be like the next class that we come to we're going to do that song again so we'll try it again next time or if we get to it at the end of class we have lots of fun things to do if we have time at the end of class we knew we can do it again at the end you know because they can't mm -hmm. do the same song 10 times in a row even though they would love to do that <laughs> because it's the the desire to want to do something that is fun, you know, but to be able to to not, you know, stay in the loop of like that's what I want and I only want that and I only want to do that. Some kids have difficulty with that, right? Adults mm -hmm. have difficulty with that too. <laughs> and so we can learn to kind of move through things and and be able to you know continue forward too that's it's a good teachable moment it's a good opportunity to acknowledge our feeling you know yeah totally so. and then beyond the next thing <laughs> <laughs> and it'll keep and then going just, keep going keep going yeah and just being there right like when it when we're having the sensation, when we're having the experience being there, and when it passes, then we already know that that's just the natural order of things. And we move forward. And we move forward. So we hope you don't attach to this information. Maybe you think something else. <laughs> but Can don't detach either. <laughs> Maybe you don't care. No, I don't. <laughs> but. You know, the, all these things, they, they're they going to, as you put all the yamas together and, and like look at them and see how they apply to what you're teaching, what you're practicing in your life, I think that it's, 
it's beneficial. Like like Thea said, these are ancient truths that are that that cross, you know, many, many paths of, of ideology and thought. And so, you know, there's a lot of wisdom there and you mm-hmm. have to find and seek the wisdom that is right for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you so much for listening to us. And this is our final Yama. Next time we will be on the Niyamas. Niyamas. So next time you hear from us, we'll start with Saucha. And uh, you can find the archives of the podcast. We have lots and lots of episodes, so you can look through all of them. We can talk about many different topics. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Don't Suffer Like Us and listen to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Don't Suffer Like Us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Don't Suffer Like Us to join the conversation.